another episode of the Favorite and Fabulous Podcast. Happy Wednesday. It is almost fourth quarter. Like, man, we about to be in October, y'all, tomorrow. I don't know about y'all, but this year has, like, absolutely flown by for me. It's been one heck of a ride, okay? Like, I, I just, I can't quite wrap my mind around the fact that October is tomorrow. And I think it's just because I've had such... An eventful September. I've traveled a couple times to see some family, traveled again to see um, one of my good friends who's getting married. I went to her bachelorette weekend, had to work a few weekends out this month. So it's just been incredibly busy for me. Um, And so just looking up and saying like, man, I'm writing October on my dry erase calendar. I'm turning my my, um, personal calendar to the month of October. And I'm like, man, like, October seems to be filling up just as quickly as September did. But nonetheless, moving into this fourth quarter. Oh, and excuse me if y'all hear that sound outside. My neighbors are having some work done on their house. So, woo, um, on their roof. But anyways, moving into this fourth quarter, if you like me, you're already like, okay, what are our fourth quarter goals? How can we knock out um, the, the end of this year, get ready for 2021. What are the plans and all that kind of stuff. And God really pressed on my heart, um, on Monday morning, right before the prayer call to really pray on that. And I know I have in the past and I, I talk about one of my favorite scriptures all the time, Proverbs 19, 21, many of the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's will that will prevail. And God was really pressing that on my heart because of the fact that we're getting ready to move into this fourth quarter. And, and for some of us, that means rushing into starting a business, starting as YouTube, preparing, you know, for 2021, like I said before. But we have to remember to check in with God on those plans because our plans can be many. Our plans can be great, um, but they will not prevail over God's plans. So I encourage you to go back and listen to episode number 19, God's plans versus our plans or God's plans are greater than our plans rather. And Another thing he had put on my heart for Monday's prayer call was Philippians 1, 6. It just basically says um, whatever the work is that God has started in us, he will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. So looking at this year, maybe it hasn't gone the way that you wanted it to go. And, and maybe that's the reason that you feel pressured or rushed to, to start something. But I encourage you, even if you don't feel pressured, even if you know God has spoken something to you and you're just taking your time with it, or if you know God has spoken something to you and you don't see the fruit of it or you don't see um, an end to it or, or any reward in it, I encourage you to to meditate on that scripture also and just, I don't even like that word. Why did I just say that? <laughs> I encourage you to read on that scripture also and really let Philippians 1, 6 soak into your heart and understand that God will finish what he starts. I encourage you to listen to episode 24, who started it? And um, get some encouragement for that. So episode 19, episode 24, go back and listen at your earliest convenience. As we move into this fourth quarter, God just laid on my heart that even with these things, um, just just our plans and even with just understanding that he will finish this year out for us. He will finish what he started in us. Um, he just laid it on my heart that we really need to be praying. We really need to be pressing into prayer. And I know when I started the How To series um, a little while ago, I mentioned what the three at least three of the episodes would be how to pray, how to fast, and how to read the Bible, excuse me. And so I, I never wanted to record any of them without God like leading me to do that and, and feeling that I 
um, was prepared through him to even speak on the topics. And so last night as I was driving home and I was kind of talking to God about what today's episode would be about, he had spoken something to me last week um, that I'm sure will be a later episode. And I was like, God, can you, you know, remind me of all the things you were saying to me so I can, cause I was, I was literally asleep. Um, and I was like, can you remind me of those things so I can speak tomorrow? And, and then he just pressed on my heart how to pray. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So as we're moving into this end of this year, um, we, we really need to be praying. And, and God was showing me that we can't be praying these old childhood prayers, these now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep these God is grace. God is good. Let us thank you for our food prayers. Like we really have to understand the power of prayer and, and we need to be praying prayers that's going to charge hell with water pistols. We need to be praying prayers that's going to shake up some loose areas in our lives. We need to be praying prayers that's going to tear down some walls, praying prayers that's going to break generational curses. OK, everybody, can we pray some prayers that's going to unleash God's hands on the blessings that he has for us? We need to be praying some some very powerful, some very purposeful prayers in in our lives as we close out this year and as we begin next year we need to end these cute prayers it's time out for cute it's time out for passive prayers it's time out for not praying at all okay we need to really get it together in this area and so this is really what god has been just pressing on me um over and over again and and even up until last night how important it is for us to be postured in a place where we pray all the time and so what about 90 days a little more than 90 days left in this year. What more perfect timing for us to get this thing in gear? Like we still have time, y'all. 2020 ain't over yet, okay? We still have time to tackle this area and to to really just get in um, the the habit of, of praying and praying purposeful, powerful prayers. And so I challenge us, each, each and every one of us, listening to this episode to pray every day. Um, God's word tells us to pray without ceasing in First Thessalonians 5, 17. And what prayer without ceasing means, it, it doesn't mean that we need to be on our, our hands and knees laid out on our faces, praying all day, every day. That would almost be impossible. But what prayer without, prayer without ceasing really means is just always having a heart that's postured in prayer and attitude that acknowledges our dependence on God and, and that's open to natural, frequent, spontaneous prayer. So pray without ceasing um, in a way that that's simple to understand would mean always being postured in a way that asks God for help, ask God for guidance, that thanks him, that relies on his direction. And so when we look at our day to day lives, it's it's saying thank you, God, when you get something or or when you get to work on time when you thought you was running late making sure you're thanking him for that when you're driving down the car driving down the street and the light is red but it turns green so you don't even have to hit your brakes thanking him for that like getting into a position where we we learn to thank god for everything where we rely on him for everything and his god and so today i just really want us to get into the nitty-gritty of prayer the basics of it and just i hope to break this down as clearly and as simply as possible and and i urge you all to put each of these points that i'm going to share into practice today and every day as we enter into this fourth quarter and, and really just for life but i believe that if we start to put these things into practice now as we end 2021 as we move into these last three months I believe that going into 2020, we'll be able to see some supernatural things coming out of these prayers that we'll be praying 
from now into this year end. So I encourage y'all again to 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 take some notes or just prepare your hearts and minds for this word and, and just putting these things into practice because we want to see God move in all of our lives like we never have before. And we, we really have no choice but to do all of these things if we want to see God's glory in its fullest capacity. So I want us to um, read real quick from Matthew chapter 6. And I know y'all probably like, man, Veronique, you always in Matthew chapter 6. I know I done told y'all at one point or another that Matthew chapter 6 is literally one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And um, I, I love it. It's, it's so meaty. I mean, if you look at chapter 5, 6, and 7, like all three together, man, showing out, okay? And I get excited because Jesus speaks so much in these chapters. So in my Bibles, some of them, his words are in red. So I'm like, oh, my Savior said that. And I get like a little hype on the inside. Don't judge me. Um, but nonetheless, I want to read these verses real quick and then I'll break this down. So Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 14 starts by saying, and this is Jesus speaking. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. When you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. Amen. For the reading of God's word. Um, so this is all of this is what Jesus said. This is Jesus teaching us about prayer. And the, the first point for today and the first thing that he really speaks about is, is this idea of praying privately. Um, and, and I've seen many debates. I mean, even with just friends on, on Facebook debate about this and, and what it really means or what Jesus was saying by this and saying how we're not supposed to be praying in churches or we're not supposed to be praying in groups or we're not supposed to be praying in front of other people. And, and my little red flags <laughs> are thrown like, whoa, 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 that's that's not what he meant. And so just to break this down, what Jesus was saying was don't be like the hypocrites when you pray. So back then, people would go stand um, on the street corners and in the synagogues and they wanted to be seen praying. They wanted to um, be, be deemed as more holy because of their prayer. So I pray very well if I say so myself. I have been given the gift of prayer. I pray, I pray, I pray. God pressed on my heart earlier this year. Um, to start praying for other people. And, and and it moved me into being an interceder, which I really didn't understand what that meant. But I just knew that God had kept pressing on me to pray for other people. And so my church has these prayer partners. And what they do is they pray for people after service, people that come to the altar. And any church that I've went to has always had people at the altars um, to pray with with. Um, to pray with members or visitors or whoever comes up after service. And so God was pressing on my heart to do that. And I remember reaching out 
to um, one of my co-greeters at the door on Sunday and saying, hey, you know, God's really been pressing on my heart to pray for people. How can I become a prayer partner? And y'all, kid you not, that same day happened to be prayer partner training, which was such a blessing that I was obedient to God in speaking out when he told me to speak out because that training happened that day and um, probably about a month after COVID hit. So we hadn't been able to have any more trainings um, and, and even at that time, before we knew anything about COVID, when I spoke to them that day about becoming a prayer partner, they were like, wow, you know, trainings today, we probably wouldn't have had another training to towards the end of the year. So maybe two a year. And so it was just my obedience that opened the opportunity for me. But I sell that to say when I'm praying for people, God has has really in this year, even strengthened my prayer game. Like I've, I've really started to understand the importance of prayer, but also how to pray, how to pray God's word, how to pray for people, how to use the scriptures in his word to pray back to him. And so I sell it to say, I pray very well. And in any instance, you hand me a mic, I'm going to be led by God and I'm going to pray down some walls. Okay. But what God was was what God's word says, what Jesus said in, in this chapter was that there were people who were praying in front of people to be seen by them. So it would be like, I I know I pray well. If I grabbed a mic at every event I went to and said, I, I'm going to pray, I want to pray. But it wasn't rooted in me genuinely wanting to pray for people. It was rooted in me wanting to be seen praying or to be patted on the back. Oh, your prayer was so good there. And oh, that prayer, man, that prayer loose some chains off of me. And if people were saying those kind of things to me, and then I I was like getting a boastfulness about myself, getting a, um, a cockiness about myself, then that would be my reward. So I pray for somebody and now they're telling me, oh, that prayer really helps me. That's the reward. So this is what Jesus was saying. There were people who were wanting to be seen praying so that they could be praised for their prayers. They, these people were hypocrites. And that's what he was saying. They wanted to stand on these street corners and, and get the rewards from other people praising their powerful prayers. And so he was saying, like, that's that's the only reward they're going to get. And so this is why Jesus told us to pray privately and to go into our house, close the door behind us and pray to God in private, pray to our father in private. And, and because he sees in private, then he will reward those prayers openly. So it doesn't mean that we cannot pray in groups. It doesn't mean that if you're at an event and somebody says, hey, can you pray that you can't pray because you can only pray in private? That That's not what this is talking about. This is just making sure that your heart is in the right place when you're praying. You know, if we, if we really dissect God's word, a lot of it is concerning our heart posture. A lot of it is concerning the the motives that that are underlying the intent behind the things that we do. And when we really, really allow God to search our hearts, to test our minds, and to to change our heart, like we'll see the the wicked parts of ourselves that that He's going to remove if we allow Him to do that. And so when we think about praying and praying publicly versus praying privately. If you're asked to pray publicly, that is fine. Okay. The thing is though, are you, are you feeling yourself because you've been asked to pray publicly? Are you feeling more bold, more confident? Are you feeling like, yeah, yeah. They asked me to pray because my prayer is so good. Like what's your heart looking like? And so that's really what Jesus, um, wants us to, to, interpret out of this part of the Bible. But when he talks about not being like the hypocrite and going by ourselves and closing the door, 
God who sees in private will reward us openly. And it's so interesting to me because he goes on to talk about, um, you know, not babbling when we pray. And I'm going to get into that in point two. But his, his he says in verse verse eight, for your father knows exactly what you need before you even ask him. And then I love to pray this when I pray because it's, it's so important for us to understand praying privately, whether we're praying for a group, whether we're praying in a group or whatever that looks like. God already knows what we need before we ask him. So when it comes to praying, we have to make sure that we're praying in a way that aligns with the things that he already knows that we need, which is going into point two now. So point one was was praying privately. Point two is praying purposefully. So when we talk about praying purposely, I want us to really break down um, what Jesus says about not babbling, not rambling. Y'all, we don't have to go up praying with no whole bunch of words that just sound good. You want to enlarge your vocabulary. You want to sound smart when you're praying. So you want to throw all these phrases and text in there. Like, no, actually, God is like, get to the point. What what are you saying to me? You don't have to repeat stuff over and over to make it sound good. Make it, again, sound like you know what you're doing. Like, no, get to the point. Say what you're saying to me. I already know what you need, okay? I already know what you need before you even ask me. And then Jesus goes into... What's, what's known as the Lord's Prayer, which is so interesting because I remember learning this prayer as a child. Many of you probably learned, you know, our Father out of heaven, who out of heaven, hallowed be thy name, um, the 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 Lord's Prayer. And it's, it's interesting because for years upon years upon years, I have thought that this was literally a prayer that we're supposed to pray. <laughs> and it wasn't until this year that I realized Actually, this is a guide. This is a blueprint for us. This is Jesus was was praying this prayer or reciting this prayer. He said, pray like this. He didn't say pray this prayer, but this he was literally teaching us how to pray. So when we talk about learning how to pray, we have to reference Matthew chapter six, whether we want to or not, because Jesus gave us the literal um, outline of how to pray. So the first thing he does is greets God. So our father who art in heaven. Um, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. Some versions, this version I'm reading say, may your name be kept holy. So after greeting God, he gives this reverence and this honor to God, esteems his holiness. So when we pray, we greet God, then we acknowledge who he is. Okay. The next thing he does is acknowledges his authority. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he acknowledges the authority of God, your kingdom come, your will be done. So this part really, really needs to be broken down a little bit more simply because we have to understand y'all when we're praying, just like babbling on and on, just like saying a bunch of um, repetitions that, that mean nothing, We have to not do that, but we also have to understand that we cannot be out here praying stuff that's not in God's will. That's so important when it comes to praying. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if we're praying and we're praying for a bunch of stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with God's will, like that ain't gonna happen because it clearly says his will will be done. Many of the plans of a man's mind, but it's the Lord's will that will prevail. Thank you, Lord. There's that scripture again. His will will be done. So praying and and giving reverence to him and understanding his authority is what's going to unleash and unlock answered prayers in the earth. 
we can't be going to God praying for a bunch of stuff that's not in his will. Now, you might ask, well, how do I know what's in his will? Sometimes you don't. And so because of that, this is why Jesus gave us this guide. Your will be done. I might not know what that is, but God, still your will. When we look at um, Jesus in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, which I'll talk about a little bit later, he prayed for God's will to be done. He said, God, look, if you can move this cup from me, if I don't have to die, please take it. But at the end of the day, let your will be done. So when we get back to talking about God's will over our will, suffering well, praying well, all of that aligns with understanding that God's will, God's plans are better than our plans. And when we pray, we have to surrender our plans and our wills to his plan. So giving him that authority. And then next it talks about um, give us today our daily bread. Um, give us today the food we need in this version I'm reading now. So recognizing God as a provider. So we have greeted him. We've given reverence and honor to him. We've recognized the authority of his will. Now we're we're acknowledging him as our provider. Give us today our daily bread. That means that we know that all of our all of our needs, all of our food, everything comes from God. Okay, and then the next part, forgive us our debts, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. So acknowledging God as the redeemer, as the one who's forgiven us. And this this goes back to that heart posture of prayer. We have to recognize God's power, his authority, but also his mercy and his grace. So when we say forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, it's, it's teaching us to also have grace and have mercy on other people. Y'all, this prayer is powerful. And I don't know if you ever heard it broken down like this, but I pray that it is, is, is sinking in today so that when we pray, we learn not to take lightly any prayer. Because again, learning this as a child, it wasn't broken down like this. So I didn't really understand the, the depth or the importance of this prayer. So the man is so beautiful once you understand the power of it. Um, but the final piece of this talks about um, not letting us be led into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So this is a protection piece of this prayer. So again, we've talked about um, greeting God, giving reverence and honor to him, showing the authority in his will, showing the authority in him providing for us, um, his mercy, his grace, his redemption for us, then the protection of us from evil. So so Jesus has broken this prayer down for us. These points cover everything that we could ever pray about, y'all. Everything, whether we're praying for a need, whether we're praying for God's will to be done, whether we're praying for his grace and mercy, whether we're praying for his protection, literally the Lord's prayer has broken all of that down for us. So this is why Jesus said, pray like this, because this is, is the blueprint of what we should be praying for, not a bunch of stuff that's out of God's will. And so when we look at John 5 verse 14, it talks about the confidence that we have in God. And, and if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So recognizing again that we have to pray purposely, recognizing that we have to give honor to God and, and, and yield to his will. This is where the importance of praying scriptures comes in. I know I've talked about this episode after episode after episode, having scriptures in your heart so that you can pray scriptures. We can't be going praying a bunch of stuff that, that ain't scriptural, praying a bunch of stuff that's not in God's will for us, praying a bunch of stuff that don't make no sense to nobody but us. Literally, Jesus has laid this blueprint for us to understand how we are to pray. And so 
I encourage y'all get some scriptures in your heart, whether it's the ones that we talked about today, whether it's the ones that we talked about on any other episode of this podcast, but also the ones that that you've studied. Put them on some flashcards. Pray over those scriptures. When you're praying, flip a card and pray over that one. Next card, pray over that one. Get these scriptures ingrained in your heart so that you can pray purposefully. But also remember that you need to be praying according to God's will, not your own desires. And then the the third point that I have for today is, is praying proactively versus praying reactively. And so Jesus gave us such good examples of, of both. And, and while I think it's important to do both, it's also important for us to recognize the benefit in praying proactively over praying reactively. And I had a conversation with a friend recently and we were both talking, this was like August, probably. We were both talking about, you know, just things that have been transpiring in our life. I told y'all August was a pretty hard month for me. So we were talking about, you know, all the things we were going through and, and how, I told her and I shared this a little bit on on the Armor Up episode how I knew that things were going to happen. I knew that there there was were some challenges that were coming just based on the joy that I was feeling and so because of that because I knew the challenges were coming, I should have been praying, y'all. I should have been praying proactive prayers. Even before I could imagine that the challenges were coming, while things were going so good, I still should have been praying proactive prayers. But what happened is I got hit like a whirlwind and then I started praying reactively and it just didn't hit the same. Okay, so it's like I went to battle with no weapons. And then while I'm in battle, I'm like, oh, shoot, where's my sword? Oh, man, where's my shield? <laughs> you know, so this really um, gives us an idea of, of the difference in the two. And when we look at the words proactive versus reactive, of course, proactive is before. So it allows you to kind of control or, or cause something to happen. And then reactive is the response or after something happens. So when we pray proactively, we're praying either before a situation or we, we have some, some end in controlling or causing things. Did you know you can pray for things and then God will unleash them? So sometimes God is waiting for your prayers and the power in your prayers so that he can unleash the blessings that he has for you. If you're not coming to him, if you're not praying to him, if you're not yielded to his will, he he might not open up his hands and let that will come down on you. Like he, he might not because you're not praying that way. So our proactive prayers can control or cause things to happen. Come on, y'all. And our reactive prayers they're in response, they're after things, and, and they're powerful too. But I'm trying to get you to understand that proactive is always better than reactive. If you have something at work, a project to do, it's better for you to try to plan and prepare in advance as much as you can versus having an event or having something um, that you've launched. And then afterwards, it's like, oh, oh, I need to fix this better next time. Or, oh, let me let me change this now. Let me add this feature now. Like, no, Try to do as much as you can in advance, okay, proactively versus being reactive. And so when we look at Jesus's life in Matthew chapter four, as I've taught about before, um, when he went to the wilderness to be tested by Satan, and this is before he started his ministry. So he was in the wilderness and he fasted for 40 days. We look at Jesus's fast, that time that he spent by himself, that was a very proactive time. So before he even started in ministry this is what he did he went into 
um, the wilderness. He went into what I would like to consider a proactive season of praying, fasting, and preparing. And so when we look at, at, at that, that happened before many, many miracles that he performed. He went into that season before proactively. So as we look to his example, we see if Jesus did it, who do we think we are not to do the same thing? And then when we look at his reactive prayers, his response, um, even in Matthew chapter 26, as I mentioned before and taught about a couple weeks ago and suffer well, um, going into the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing that his time was coming, knowing that 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 this death, burial, and resurrection was near and feeling the grief, feeling the weight and the heaviness of the world on his shoulders. He went into prayer. I, I consider this a reactive prayer because he was already feeling so grieved. The things were already had already started to happen. And so Jesus going to God and saying, hey, you know, can you can you take this cup from me? But if not, let your will be done. Of course, again, that showed his heart posture in, in wanting God's will over his own will, but also his response to the grief that he was feeling. So when we pray reactively, we're praying in response to something after something has happened. Jesus has shown us the, the example of praying both ways. But I believe that because he has such a strong, proactive prayer life, when it came time to be grieved and pray these reactive prayers, he was still postured in a way that was surrendered to God. If Jesus hadn't had the same proactive prayer life when the storm and the floods and all the hell was breaking loose came he probably wouldn't wouldn't have had such a a surrendered a yielded posture to God look at your life and I'll look at my life when I have not had seasons of proactive prayer when I have not had seasons of just leaning to God trusting God while things were going good when things start going bad my reactive prayers were, save me, help me, get me out of this, God. It wasn't, God, let your will be done. You see that? It wasn't, God, I'm yielded to you. Whatever you want to do, do it. Why? Because my prayer life before all, all hell started breaking loose wasn't strong. It wasn't proactive. It wasn't preparing me for the season of suffering, the season of going through things. So when we look at Jesus' example, he didn't have one without the other, but one influenced the other. So he didn't have reactive prayers without proactive prayers or proactive prayers without reactive prayers. He had both, but his proactive prayers influenced his reactive prayers. And so praying scriptures again is so important. Armoring up is so important, but understanding the power in our prayers, the power in proactive and reactive prayers will not only make our prayer lives stronger, but also make our faith stronger, our trust and our belief in God stronger and in our surrendering heart posture stronger because we're then able to say, God, look, I know I'm going through all of the above right now. I know I'm going through a whole bunch of stuff right now. I know that the cross is before me, but your will be done. Your will be done. That's my re reactive prayer. Your will be done. Because I've already prayed proactively for your will be done. So even though I'm in the midst, I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, your will be done. And so there's so many more things that we could discuss on this, but we got to understand that our words have power. As, as Proverbs 18, 21 tells us, life and death are in the power of our tongue. So the same for our prayers. I, I believe that 
Our prayers are God's love language. Um, he, his word says in, in 1 Peter 3, 12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So when we look at praying, his eyes are on us. His his ears are attentive to our prayers, to those of us who, who live righteously and do good. Of course, he, he's turning his face to those who do evil. But when we talk about praying, when we talk about praying his word, he's attentive to that. He's listening to that. And, and I just encourage you all, again, as we close out this year, to really, really get into a a habit of praying and and not praying just to say you pray but intentional purposeful praying really understanding the power of your words the power of your prayers how to pray privately how to pray purposely how to pray proactively and how to pray reactively may we all just be blessed by the power of our prayers and unleashing God's blessings for us amen I'm going to pray for you all real quick, and then we'll get out of here. Dear Lord, thank you so much for today, Father God. I just thank you for this opportunity for us to come together as believers and just just submit ourselves into your word, Father God. You are so holy. You are so worthy. You are so faithful to us. We thank you so much for your will being done on earth as it is in heaven, Father God. I thank you so much for knowing our needs before we even ask you, Father God. I thank you so much for providing each and every one of their needs each and every one of our needs, Father God. I thank you that your word reminds us that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are the called according to your purpose, Father God. So as we love you, as we are called according to your purpose, Father God, I thank you for working all things together for us. I thank you so much for Jesus's example in your word that teaches us how to pray in advance, that teaches us how to pray after, that teaches us how to pray purposefully, that teaches us how to pray privately, but also how to have the heart posture for public prayers, Father God, one that's submitted to you, one that wants only a reward from you, Father God, one that's yielded to you, Father God. I thank you that we're yielded to your will, Father God. I thank you that your word reminds us that it doesn't matter what we plan. It doesn't matter the many plans of our minds, the many plans of our hearts, only your will will prevail, Father God. I pray that today we're reminded of the power in our tongue. I pray that we're reminded of how attentive you are to our prayers as we live righteously to you, Father God. And because of that, I pray that we continue to submit any and every desire in our heart to you, Father God, allowing you to fill our hearts with the things that you desire for us, Father God. May we walk confidently and boldly as, as children of yours, Father God, may we continue to trust in you and put our hope in you, Father God. I thank you right now that we are anxious about nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, making our request known to you. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing all that you've done and all that you plan to do through us. Father God, I pray that as we close out this year, Father God, you will reveal your mysterious plans to us. Father God, guide us and protect us throughout the remainder of this year. Father God, speak purpose into us. Father God, your plans, I pray that they're unleashed in us. Father God, and I pray that we continue to submit any and every part of us to you. Father God, allowing you to remove, to break off, to change anything that's not like you into 
any and everything that is like you, Father God. I pray this prayer and I thank you that you're teaching us how to pray and strengthening our prayer life. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Thank y'all so much for listening today. Um, Fourth quarter. Happy fourth quarter. Remember prayer calls every Monday at 7 a.m. Follow us on social media, Instagram, favorite and fabulous underscore Facebook, favorite and fabulous and follow me at Veronique Bailey. And remember, you are favored by God and he made you fabulous. Peace out.